0: Opinions expressed on ACB radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind, I'm Brian McKellen. I think most of us can relate to the challenges of getting the resources needed as teachers and students. With the goal of lifelong learning, I believe these challenges continue. There are our listeners who are educators or mentors, themselves who are blind, or are teachers of the blind. One ACB affiliate provides resources for us to speak out and conquer education challenges. That affiliate is called the American Association of Blind Teachers, or AABT for short. This affiliate provides support to both blind and visually impaired teachers and students. This support comes in the form of aiding visually impaired teachers with their work, helping students more effectively use the internet in their classes, assisting school administrators in understanding the capacities of visually impaired teachers, and allowing parents of blind kids to better help their children with school. AABT President Susan Glass is here to tell us how this affiliate helps blind teachers and students succeed in the education world.
1: Hi Susan. Hi Brian, thank you very much for allowing me to be on the show. It's an honor.
0: Tell us about yourself and your role as AABT's president.
1: All right, well uh, I have been blind since birth and for 30 years I was an English professor at the State University here in California, San Jose State University, and then uh, at the local community college, uh, West Valley Community College in Saratoga. I became a member of the American Council of the Blind in 2006, and the very first affiliate meeting that I ever attended was AABT, which was then known as the National Association of Blind Teachers, or NABT. I attended the NABT breakfast, and everybody was so warm, and uh, encouraging, and I really enjoyed the, the teachers uh, who I was meeting and the students I was meeting. Been involved ever since. Began writing for the newsletter. Became secretary of the organization shortly thereafter. And last year, I became AABT president. And it's a it's an honor to be a part of the organization. We have 50 members. We have a very hardworking board who are eager and love being involved. And uh, it's it's really been a delightful experience to date.
0: What does the American Association of Blind Teachers do?
1: The American Association of Blind Teachers provides a repository of information and also active community. For blind and visually impaired teachers at all levels. We have teachers uh, who begin, they, we have kindergarten teachers, we have college teachers, postgrad teachers. We teach in every subject area um, imaginable. I was just perusing our website today for reviewing that, and we've got people who are teaching anthropology, political science, women's studies, physics, biophysics, ecology middle school, high school biology, you name it. What we do is we have a newsletter that we release three times a year, the articles of which are written by members of the organization. We have an announce list that posts interest elements for blind teachers, often um, job announcements, articles that come out in publications. Also, we Organize. We have two new activities that we launched in the last year. We have telephonic teachers' lounges, which are informal sessions that we let our members know about on the announce list in advance, and they can call in and talk about anything under the sun. The, the announce list is open. Maybe you're uh, having difficulty learning some new software. Maybe you're struggling with your Blackboard application. Perhaps there's something going on with a school administrator that is difficult. Uh, any number of things like that. Or maybe things are going really well, but you're a new ESL teacher and you'd like to know who's got some new syllabus or curriculum material or who's tried tried the latest version of JAWS and how it's going. Those discussions happen during the telephonic workshops that we have. They're usually an hour and a half long and usually anywhere from three people to seven or eight or nine. We also began offering specialized workshops this past year. Uh, We had two on Braille note takers and the differences between note takers and computers. We had a workshop on teaching as a university or college professor and the challenges therein and the advantages and perks of that. We had a workshop introducing the Americans with Disabilities Act and some of its elements that relate particularly to educators. We are reaching out to members looking to find out what workshops they would like us to offer. And then the idea is if you have a workshop idea, Can you present it? Because it's really nice if someone has an area of expertise, if he or she is then able to present that workshop, members can sign up for it in advance. And of course, it's free and they dial into the call and they participate in the workshop. And of course, like all affiliates, we have convention programs. I will talk about the offerings this year a little later, but one of the things that we now have on our website is a page that has links to audio files for a number of our convention programs, as well as our teachers' workshops. There are now 13 files up there. So when people go up to the website, they can go back and look at that archived material.
0: Wow, this is a lot of information.
1: We're keeping busy. It's it's not an act done alone. As I said, we have a hardworking membership, and I'm, I'm so proud and privileged to work with such interesting and dynamic people. It really is a treat. Our webmasters are Steve Dresser and John Buckley, and they do a real good job of keeping up with things for us.
0: It sounds like it's working extremely well. The groups that usually come to your organization are visually impaired teachers who are experiencing trouble and blind students who want to teach and blind students who need help as well. Can you specify as to the troubles that the blind and visually impaired classroom teachers and students typically face, and how are they solved? (laughs)
1: Sure. And and I can also blow the horn of a humble colleague of mine, Carla Hayes, who would never blow her own horn because for years and years, she had an ongoing column in our newsletter called The Teacher's Aid, where she would talk about just these kind of issues. What are the problems that teachers face and what are some solutions for them and to them? But here are some of the issues. Sometimes the problem is at the interview level. You are going for a job, and you want to know, should I or should I not disclose? How much should I reveal about my blindness, my visual impairments? How much of my accommodation needs should I disclose immediately during an interview? Some interviews go very successfully for candidates and some do not. So those are some of the issues. Others arise when you hit the ground running, when you are a writing instructor or a mathematics instructor. How are you going to put how are you going to utilize the chalkboard? How are you going to use overhead projections? How will you use PowerPoint? And all of those things are doable, but these are things that have to be discussed. And so, you know, you, you, uh, many of us, talk about empowering our students. When I was teaching, if I wanted material up on the blackboard, I would just ask students to write it up there and we would do it together. And the more the more students are being active in the classroom, I, I think the better. So that was one way of solving that. Something that often comes up these days is, um, and this can happen at the college and university level and also at the elementary and high school level, and that is the bureaucratic parts of our our profession, writing student IEP reports, that's not so hard, but entering entering them into a particular database that a school district might have, or when I was teaching at the college, entering data into uh, the college grade books, the online grading systems, and and um, just the, the administrative websites where we had to record student data would often be difficult to access, even if you had the best screen reading program available. You would master it and then you'd go home for the weekend and over the weekend someone comes in and does something to the whole system and tweaks it and you come in on Monday morning and oh my goodness, I can't get up here anymore. You know, so these are the kinds of things that can happen in school districts, finding ways of doing those more bureaucratic parts of the job. Uh, And um, sometimes it's accomplished by working with an aide. Sometimes it's accomplished by tweaking one's software or working with the IT people on campus. Sometimes it's accomplished by trading responsibilities with colleagues. So for instance, uh, I had a colleague in my department and uh, when we had a lot of data entry online and we had to write into these boxes that would shift around and you couldn't get your cursor in the right place. She would help me do that work. And then I in turn would help her perhaps by uh, substituting for one of her classes or um, helping her with office hours when she had something else to do. In other words, trading skills, if that makes sense. Um, And often there's a way to do that. And the most important thing, of course, is to pull one's own weight as a teacher. So maybe I can't enter that data by myself, but I can make up for that by tutoring three extra hours in my school's writing lab. And so those are the kinds of issues that come up with teachers is how do we how do we make sure that we are not only perceived as, but are genuinely pulling our own weight and um, trading skill for skill and keeping up with this ever-changing technological world and the series of, of uh, accommodations? Um, those are some of the uh, the issues that that often come up for us. Transportation is another one. If you are a teacher of the visually impaired and you're working in several school districts, Uh, and with several different students, then you've got to figure out how to get from place to place every day of the week. Are you going to hire a driver? Are you going to make that um, a commitment out of your own pocket? Is your district going to subsidize that? What are the procedures? What are the precedents? What have other teachers done in the past? Uh, and and uh, what what do you need to do? And these are the kind of issues that we try to address both at our convention programs, on our announce, not on our announce list, in our um, newsletter, um, during the teachers' lounges, and when people are referred to our website, um, we'll often, um, if they, if they come to us, we'll often try to refer them to someone in the field or in the organization who has a similar problem and might be able to help.
0: Definitely the teachers teachers of the visually impaired need the transportation help, especially the ones who are blind. Yes. Um, the IEP meetings, I can remember some of those as a visually impaired student in elementary, middle, and high school. My parents had to fight for me to receive mainstream services, and it's not easy. No,
1: no, it's not easy. And, and you would think, would you not, that as time passes, it would become easier. But each generation, you know, we kind of have to reinvent some of the knowledge that was there before. Uh, now, you know, happily, I, I, I'm, I see a lot of, um, what do I want to say? I, I see a lot of young people, uh, both as teachers and students who are determined to make their way. And I do think that school environments um, are often quite receptive. And I don't think that it's an abysmal scene at all. But I think, for instance, if you're in a public school setting, you're going to have different personnel um encounters and challenges than, for instance, if you're at a charter school or if you're if you at a private school. And depending on where you are, uh you may be not only educating yourself about the resources that are available to you, but you may be educating your colleagues, your administrators. That's part of what we do is is help each other. And um, sometimes we do the the work that helps um, hopefully set a path for the person who comes after us.
0: What if the parents have trouble um, getting the teachers to understand their child's blindness or visual impairment and if if this what if the schools are really doing nothing about making sure that the IEP goals are being met and following the provisions of that IEP can they go through anything like fair hearings
1: they can and um of course as as the the affiliate that we are we we can't actually enter any legal proceedings, but we can be available to talk to parents. In fact, I was looking at some of the testimonials on our website and parents will come to us with just that kind of a question. And um, um, John Buckley, who's been the person who uh, until recently has been, um, you know, uh, handling those calls might have that parent talk to a particular, um, teacher of the visually impaired, um, about working with that parent and send it, giving them some advice for how to work with, with that particular, um, school or, or school system. Um, parents can join AABT. Interested people can join. School administrators can join. Um, we want to be a resource of, of conversation and maybe connecting local communities. Um, I've been working a little bit recently with the Oregon affiliate. Uh, there's a teacher in one of their schools who's been having some some challenges with administrators, and so we've been talking together. And uh, as I said, and, and we do have some articles on the AABT website about what one can legally ask about a disability and what accommodations are available and what you can do about IEPs. Um, we we can there we can be there as a resource. But, you know, our, what we're actually physically going to be able to do as an affiliate might be a little bit more challenging for us since we're not a legal entity. Is that is that making sense?
0: That makes sense.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What are some resources out there that you recommend for all teachers from all walks of life, all blind teachers from all walks of life and students?
1: Well, um i think that one of the one of the neat there there are some really good online um sources for syllabus cl- uh, syllabus planning uh i i noticed um some links that that are up on our site now homework helper uh writing iep reports um creating syllabus uh french language resources german language resources um computers and the visually impaired. Um and there are there are links on the on the AABT website to um the American uh Foundation for the Blind and to ACB and to just a number of other organizations. So in other words we've got a link we've got a number of links that bridge you to other places um so that you can uh you can you you can find that that information.
0: If any of our listeners want to become teachers how do they get the education and experience they need to do that
1: excellent question the process for becoming a teacher of course varies uh, according to what your level of, of interest is but you would you would start by getting a bachelor of arts or bachelor of science um at a at a university with a a teaching emphasis, then you would go through some sort of student teaching program uh, and you would actually have that student teaching experience. If you want to become a teacher of the visually impaired, you might want to look at a particular school. I know San Francisco State has a very strong program. I know there are strong programs all over the country. As a Californian, I'm aware of what's what's local here. You would would want to... uh, you know, to get that specialty education. If you're going to be a teacher at the college level, you will need at least a master's in your field of interest, and in many cases, a PhD. Um, And often, graduate school and undergraduate school programs have opportunities for you to teach. You can become a TA uh, in a university classroom, and then when you're a graduate student, you're often assigned uh, an undergrad an undergraduate section where you actually teach so that you gain that that experience so uh, it depends what field you are going into um i do recommend uh that if if teaching is something that you're thinking about doing you can start preparing yourself even as a as a young person you can start by volunteering to be a tutor at a local high school um or when i when i finished with my graduate work and came back out from massachusetts to california I went and I worked in the writing labs at a number of local community colleges. And I did not ask for pay at that point because I just wanted to get comfortable in the classroom. And I'd had some TA paid experience, but I wanted to do that. And I think being willing to um, to do that so that you can start building your resume, your dossier, because that way when you are in a program where you're going to be doing student teaching, you can say, I've already done some practicum work. Um, and then that's, that's more easy to, uh, to, to dial that into whatever you're going to be doing professionally as a, as a student teacher. Um, I think getting that experience wherever you can, volunteering to shadow other teachers is enormously important. I I did that a lot as an undergraduate and a graduate student. I mean, if you've got a teacher who's willing to let you do that or willing to, uh, let you help design a syllabus, um, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Find someone in the profession you're interested in, read everything you can, um, get to know the, the, the people in that in area as, as best you can. Um, and that's one of the things that we like to do in AABT. If someone comes to us and says, well, I'm really interested in teaching elementary foreign languages, uh, well, one of the first things we might do is put them in, in touch with uh, Carla Hayes because that's her her profession, and she can work with them. If someone's really interested in being a teacher of the visually impaired, we might have them talk to Kate Crohan, who works at Perkins. Um, So we try to have that kind of referral system available. But I I think the most important thing is to find people of like interest, um, shadow them, get to know them, um, study, 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 study. I still believe that to be seen as an equal, we are still at a stage where as blind people, we're going to have to look even better than the best, if that makes any sense. I still think it's going to be important to be the best in the graduate class, to do the very best you can, um, just so that uh, at least at the the level of competence, you're shining. And and, uh, just because there still are some fears and trepidations in the world about blindness, I still think we're in a world where we have to actually do better than excellent work hard yeah that's really what i think it comes down to is work hard get to know other teachers ask questions ask questions um if you're going to uh, interview um try to get to your interview site early uh scope out the landscape so you know where the podium is and everything like that or you know what the office space is like often you can't do that Follow up on an interview if you can. If you're not selected, see if there's a way you can find out what you could learn to do differently in your next interview. Not in a challenging way, why didn't you pick me, but what can I learn? I think that's really, really important.
0: How can I do better?
1: How can I do better? And I do. I still feel that way now. I mean, all right, what did I do well today, but what can I do better the next time I do something?
0: That's very good advice. If our listeners want to learn more about issues relating to blind teachers and students, how can they join AABT?
1: They can join AABT. If they happen to come to the convention this summer, they can join us right on site because we'll be having our teachers breakfast and also our our AABT program during convention week. And they can pay dues there. Um, And uh, our due structure uh, is... um, $25 $25 for working teachers, 24 dollars for retired teachers, and $10 for students. And um, the other way that they can learn a lot about the organization is visit our website, www.blindteachers.net. And we're working on getting a uh, membership form um, put on the net – I mean on the site – With a PayPal option, but we have not erected that system yet. So there's a phone number where people wishing to become members can call, um, on the website and, um, they will, we can, we can work out membership from there. Once you beginning, once you are a member, um, every time you get, it's time for dues renewal, you'll get an announcement in your newsletter. But those are the ways to, uh, to, uh, become a member if you're interested.
0: Susan, I'm sure our listeners are going to want to join AABT and learn how they can teach and effectively continue lifelong learning as blind students and teachers. Thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much for having me. It has been a a pleasure.
0: Before we go, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind, or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website, that's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org, and my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking out for the blind Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out!
2: Here at ACB
1: Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community.
3: Listen to Eyes on Success for information about products, services, and daily living tips for people with visual impairments. We cover everything from the latest advances in adaptive technology to discussions of various jobs, sports, and hobbies. Eyes on Success is aired on ACB Radio Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern and repeated every two hours until 8 p.m. Thursday. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy. We We hope
2: hope you'll you'll join us. us. The American Council of the Blind has established the Legacy Society to honor and recognize individuals who have communicated their intentions to include ACB in their estate plans via a bequest or another type of planned gift.
1: We want to acknowledge individuals for including ACB in their will while they are still living so that we can thank them for their commitment to perpetuating ACB's good work for years to come.
2: Says ACB President Kim Charlson. More information about the Legacy Society and how you can help is available from Tom Tobin, Director of Development, at ttobin, T-T-O-B-I-N, at acb.org, or by phone at 800-424-8666, option 5. Thank you for listening to ACB Radio and for considering ACB's future financial needs.
3: At the 2018 ACB Conference and Convention in St. Louis, you can enjoy breakfast with ACB families and our special guest, Alexa, on Monday, July 1st, from 7 to 8.15 a.m. Whether hosting a game of Jeopardy, ordering dog food, checking the weather, or broadcasting ACB radio, Alexa, a.k.a. the Amazon Echo, has found her way into the homes and hearts of millions across North America and throughout the world. So we decided to invite her to breakfast and we're inviting you too. come join ACB families for our annual business meeting and stick around for fun and games with Alexa. We will demonstrate some of her more useful and interesting skills, and we just might invite you to play along. We will also present one of you with an Amazon Echo Dot of your very own. So come for the food and fun, and you just might get to leave with Alexa. Breakfast cost is $23 pre-registration and $28 on-site. Convention registration opens May 15th. Don't miss out on the fun. Make your hotel reservations today by calling 314-231-1234. Mention you are with American Council of the Blind to obtain the conference and convention room rate.